We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! How good you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Bearcast. Yeah. We are back. No in guess. action. In action. No guests, so I get the good microphone this time. <laughs> you can hear my voice. I don't sound like I'm so far away. Oi, oi, oi. Thank you. It's going for the echo. Yeah. Um, so we're here, 28th, day after Easter. Yep, yep. How was your Easter? It was How good. Did you spend your Easter? Went to a Fall Out Boy concert, as we were talking about <laughs> yes. the night before. That, that's the prototypical way to spend an Easter, right? Well, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> When they were doing, the opener was uh, AWOL Nation, and they were doing like a little call and response thing, and I think right at the end when they were doing Sale, which is the only one anybody ever knows, and I know it only because uh, there's a video of it synced to a cat walking along like a a banister rail of some kind, and right, it's during the intro of the song, the do 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 and then when they say the sail the cat just kind of like spreads its arms and jumps off the thing and i cannot stop laughing but on to the point of that story when they do the call and response bits the voices in the crowd sound awfully high awfully prepubescent and you look around a little bit there's a lot of people around my age and my girlfriend's age and there's a lot of kids, <laughs> and you think, "Oh God, I I'm too old for this. I'm I'm 23. How the hell did this happen?" I think I think that's exactly how I think I know what the opposite feels like because I've been to the opposite. That was yeah. a Mark Knopfler concert. Whoa, okay. Uh, for me, it was, lead singer of the Doors. For me, it was a Linkin Park concert. Oh God, because <laughs> I I mean. It, a lot of us grew up loving their music. It, yeah. You know, it was good music. And they were on tour. Uh, they happened to stop by Seoul, which where I was living at the time. And mm-hmm. and so I, a couple of friends, we said, why not? And we went. And the age demographic were, I'm 99% sure we were the youngest in the crowd. Like, hands down. And it was, I, <laughs> it was very weird, weird. Like, what age were you at this point? <sighs> this, was, uh, this was probably... Like, right when we started high school. So, around 14, 15. 14, 15. Um, we thought we were cool enough to go, and we got these tickets, and we went. And 
I mean, granted, it was a great concert. I mean, they're so good. Plus, yeah. uh, Mr. Han, their DJ is Korean as well. So there was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a little swag thing yeah. that he had going um, when he was on stage. But yeah, that I I regret it now. I mean, granted, I don't really regret it because I still have that memory of going to that concert. No, it's fun. Yeah, but, but I regret like maybe I should have gone when I was a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely not one of those experiences that you needed to experience when you're like 14, 15. Yeah. Um, but I will say Fall Out Boy is very good in concert. They, Even though I've heard Light Em Up a billion times on ESPN, because they used it for every... No, they've used Fall Out Boy, and now they're using Panic at the Disco, which yeah. is pretty much the same thing, to yeah. be honest. But they had like little fire torch thingies. Yeah, yeah. And like, light them up, up, yeah, up, the and fire the fire calls. keeps yeah, coming up, yeah, and it's yeah. great, but... Yeah, what'd you get up to for your Easter Sunday? Uh, I spend it with the kids. Uh, my church, of course, Easter, it's a big deal um, in, in the Christian society and our Christian calendar. So yeah. uh, we did a little Easter hag hunt for the kids. We had a little Easter presentation uh, during our Sunday worship service. And so it was it was pretty much mostly just spending at the church with kids, running around, mm-hmm. getting chocolate. Um, that so. sounds like a good day to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only part was it was windy. Uh, my church house yeah. out in Daly City. So this ah. the weather was great across the Bay Area yesterday, um, or two days ago. Or no, it was yesterday. It was it yesterday. Was, it was yesterday. Wow. It'll be two days ago when you listen to this. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but the wind was, oh boy. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> not fun there. And, uh, yeah, that's good. I mean... What was it? What else happened yesterday was uh, Syracuse advancing to the Final Four after many said they shouldn't even be in the tournament. Beheim magic. Yeah. They, Does it ever end? Will it ever end? Uh, well, the, I mean, he's leaving after this this year. Is it this year? Something like yeah. that. But they are the first 10 seed to ever make the Final Four. There have been three 11 seeds in uh, LSU in 1986, George Mason oh. and VCU. Who can forget the George Mason? George run? Mason was a lot of fun. It's why Jim Laranega has the Miami job right now. Yep, yep. But um, all those 11 seeds lost in their Final Four matchup. So we'll see if the Syracuse first. can break it. Yeah. I'd be feeling pretty antsy if I were North Carolina right now. <laughs> yeah, and I had... I mean, my pick was close. I mean, I had Gonzaga getting the Final Four through that bracket, and that game came down to the wire Yeah, with that Syracuse game. So, oh. Yeah, I thought I thought Gonzaga was going to win that game. Same they were up 11 with like 10, 11 minutes to go. Same with then, UVA being up 14 at exactly. one point. But then that 2-3 zone magic, they recruit super-duper athletic, lengthy guys. They're like so. their point guard's probably like six four, but then yeah. it has like a wingspan of like seven four. The, it's weird. How there's that no works. one shorter than like six five in their lineup. Yeah, it's incredible what they can get to come up to Syracuse, which admittedly isn't the uh, greatest place to go play. No, or do no. stuff. But it has the culture of being a part of the Syracuse yeah. basketball program, and that's yeah. you know playing. I've never been to the Carrier Dome. I've seen pictures of the Carrier Dome. It's one of those places that I wish I could sit in the student section at least once and watch a Syracuse game mm-hmm. or an ACC game. I think it's just one of those. It's a, it's a bucket list thing yeah, as a sports fan. Honestly, there's a ton of stadiums that are on that sort of bucket list thing. The Big House. Uh, uh, watching a mission game at the Big House, I think that's yeah. in, on my bucket list. In the next couple of years, I'm going to knock out watching a game at the uh, Horseshoe in Columbus. Okay. Um, yeah, that's another big one. Yeah, going to Jerry World would be a big one too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You could you could go on and on and on. Yeah. Like I've been to a Rose Bowl. Yeah, 
all that stuff is fun. May he go to, what's the, I don't know, baseball, you want to go to Yankee Stadium, you want to go to Fenway, you want to go to Wrigley. Yeah, those are the classics. Because I've listed my address as 1060 West Addison Street several times. (laughs) My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the Blues Brothers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- yeah. There's a cr- I, yeah. That would be a fun one to do one of these days. Is just a bucket list of no. like stadiums in the U.S. that Look you want to visit. All the stadiums. I've yeah. Because there's there's I think a I've lot. gone like through a quarter of them. Yeah. That I've been very lucky so far, yeah. but I've been mostly West Coast. You yeah. Got to get the East Coast ones. Those would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I went to when I was in New York last last year. I decided. Um, I'm gonna go to Yankee Stadium. Like that's mm-hmm. it's not even in season, but I just I want to see the new one, mm-hmm. just the brand new built one. Um, and I did the tour. It's like thirty bucks. Um, they take you oh, all ar- all around the stadium. You take pictures in the dugout and on the field too. So pee on Derek Cheater's locker. <laughs> you know. But I mean the the stuff they have set up in there uh, from the museum that has every single Yankee uh, baseball signed. Yeah. Um, to all, they have a they have a little Ring of Honor Memorial Park um, out in the outfield. So it's it's big, um, little. I guess it, it kind of feels like tombstones, kind yeah. of uh, where they have like a, a bronze uh, portrait of kind of like the, the uh, Hall of Fame for the exactly, NFL. Exactly, exactly. So DiMaggio's there. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, like Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yes, of course. Um. um like Phil Rizzuto. Yes, yes. Uh, Steinbrenner, of course. Steinbrenner, yeah. Um, I'm I'm actually reading a book right now about the, uh, it's the 1949 pennant race between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, I can only imagine how good that was. Summer of 49 by uh, David Halberstam. Okay. Who's, he's regarded as the best sports writer. If you've uh, heard of Breaks of the Game, which is about the 79-80 Trailblazers, Ooh. right after uh, Bill Walton left. Wow. And uh, he wrote one about Michael Jordan's last season, too, which is also really good. Just all those highly recommended. Yeah. Just the upper echelon of sports journalism. Yeah. Yeah. On that on that note, I'm actually reading a book right now, too. It just yeah. came out about a week ago. Uh, John Abrams, an NBA writer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Boys Among Men. Um, it's, it's about the whole high school straight to, to the NBA, yeah. that whole transition. Um, I'm about, I'd say about halfway through the book. It's it's very very informative. It's very intriguing to see. I mean, because he he looks at it from all different angles, right? He looks at it from the guys who have succeeded from that. Yeah. You look at the Kobe's, the Kevin Garnett's, the, the, the LeBron James's, the Moses Malone's, exactly. But then you look at the flip side, and it also talks about guys yeah. that you don't even know anymore. Just like, like I've never I've never heard of these guys like Nadubi UV or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but it's it's like his first name is Nadubi. N D U I Yeah. N D U B I. Yeah. There we go. I mean granted there's still guys that are still in the league that yeah. never panned out, you know, like the Sebastian Telfairs. The Kwame Browns. The Kwame Browns, the the what um how am I forgetting this name? Uh, the Darkos. Yeah, but I, that, see, that doesn't really. Yeah, count. that doesn't really count in my opinion. Uh, the uh, like hell, Brandon I mean, Jennings went overseas yeah. to play for a year. The Sean Livingston's kind of, but that's due to injury more than. Yeah, he tore up his knee horrifically. It's so great to see him being as yeah. good as he is right now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I highly recommend that book for any NBA fan. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really great 
I mean, it's it's yeah, something I mean, that I would keep in my shelf forever. I mean, the book cover looks really nice too, and it's a hard cover. Yeah, Abrams um, is like, a great writer yeah, too. So, yeah. I, um, but yeah, I guess yeah. we're all reading books right now. Yeah, it's, it's that time of year. Just uh, with the book outside in the sun. I mean, well, I've been reading it for a while. I just went <laughs> off of it because I don't know about you, but I have a nighttime routine. Like it's changed a bit because sometimes I'll read, sometimes I'll play like Fire Emblem or Pokemon yeah. or something. Just anything to wind you down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The reason I can't play, like, a Pokemon or Trial Emblem before going to sleep, it's like, oh, like, maybe one more fight and I can get my guy to level up. Like, yeah. I, it just, it won't stop for me. I, I, I just start falling asleep. It's, <laughs> it's bad. For me, it's a TV show. Like, right now, yeah. it's, for me, it's it's uh, bits and pieces of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Oh, season two. Ooh, good. Good Lord. What a great TV show. Good. Um, but on from our cultural stuff. Yeah. Uh, Onto some cow stuff. Yeah. Why you're here. Probably, probably why you're listening to this. You know, um, we're sort of entertaining. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Like I to hope pretend. So. I hope so. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but first bit of news, let's talk some football. Uh, two-star linebacker Jordan, uh, I don't know Kunizic? how Kunizic? Kunizic. That sounds right. Maybe he sounds like, maybe it is Kunizic. Uh, Kim- Jordan McLast name. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan McLinebacker. Jordan, just Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Knazic, linebacker, uh, committed uh, this past week. Um, that takes our linebacking recruitment to two two-star linebackers this season. Yeah, but I think good is better than the two-star. That he because has. Because his film looks great. He's a hard-hitting guy, and he'll be ready to play. Yeah, I think more so this is just... I think I think this year was more th- so just uh, long term depth because mm-hmm. you know these guys will be here for the next four years. Yeah, I mean him for May three. Yeah, so, but but then you look at you look at next year and they'll probably bring in a crap ton of linebackers yeah. next year that will be a part of the two deep. Granted, I can see them going four or five. Yeah, I mean, granted, these guys could pan out and become part of the two deep. Oh, totally. Who, who they could be a starter, but what I'm saying is, in terms of if you were just looking at the star rating, these are the type of guys you get. That you want to stay in your program for three to four years and mm-hmm. just just have that that solid line of if someone gets injured, you have guys to step in and play rather than having walk-on linebackers, which is probably not even. You don't want of. to do that. I yeah. mean, we've seen that with our safeties over the past couple of years. Yeah, playing. it did not work. Yeah, we kind of gave up 714 yards to Washington State <laughs> passing. Yeah. We don't want that ever. No, ever. Again. I never want to see that happen again. No, no. Granted, we kind of we won the game, but winning <laughs> is a very strong word. There, <laughs> we won we, on a technicality, yeah. which is the best kind of winning. But you know, yeah, we got a W, a one, a one, a plus one in the W column. Yes, but it's in the record books as a win. <laughs> but that felt like a loss. Yeah, we did not win. Other than the W, we did not win in any other aspect of that game. Except for special teams. Yes. Because theirs were, in fact, special. Yeah. Spe- so special that they fired a coach. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we add another linebacker to the class. Granted, I don't think our class is – this 16 class is over yet. I mean, no. we still have Demetrius Robertson out yeah. of Savannah, Georgia, the five-star athlete, the number one overall athlete, and most likely would be playing wide receiver, I would assume, but – He'll I'm, play wherever he wants to. We've been over this time and time again. Yes. Kaufman and Spavril and Dykes will sit him down if he does decide to commit to us and yeah. say, where do you want to play, kid? Where would you like to play? Uh, but Pretty much. At this point, we do not have any updates on nope. Demetrius. I think this 
if you, if you were a betting man, where would you put this timeline from what you've seen and gathered so far of what how he's played out his timeline? If I were a betting man, I would not bet on the whims of a 17-year-old. <laughs> That's not smart. You're not going to get anything from it. But I could see May, let's see, decision day is probably May 1st, I want to say. just You have to, yeah. That's your... Because you have to get in summer classes. Yeah. To, yeah, so... So probably within this time, May, like right after spring ball ends, I'd see him committing somewhere. Yeah, maybe right around NFL draft time. Yeah, like 25th. Yeah, I would assume so too. I mean... Give it a month. I mean, from what I've read and what I've seen and how he signed the financial aid agreements with now three schools, including Mm us. So it's us, Georgia, and Georgia Tech? Yeah. Cool. I really do not think it's it's more of a, I'm going to be like a diva about this situation. I really think the kid just does not know where he wants to go. Again, 17 years old. Who knows what they want to do when they're 17? Exactly. I still don't, and I'm older. Yeah, I think it's just one of those where every every opportunity that he has right now that's available to him looks good. Oh yeah, and but he doesn't want to lose out on possibly. The future is ahead of him. Anywhere. Exactly, he just wants to cross his eyes mm-hmm. and dot his T's. Wait. Like like if I'm an impoverishment issues. Right. Yeah, no. Whoops. No. Okay, <laughs> go on. I mean, like if I if you think about it, if you're in his shoes, right, and you have you know the Alabama one, the Georgia, all these offers. You look at Alabama, you could go to a powerhouse school. Granted, you'd be in Alabama. Mm-hmm. You have this opportunity to play, come and play in the West Coast for two or three years. You have to cro- go across the world. And exactly, come to one of the best schools exactly. in the and, country. You know, it might be a situation where you say, mm, "When will I ever live on the West Coast?" You know, just just to live there. So. I, I mean, that's just my thinking, right? I'm not necessarily saying that's his thinking, mm-hmm. but that's you just weighing out every single little detail about yeah, every school, and you gotta just, gotta make your make everything exactly. You gotta look at every pro and con, look every way every option. Thank you for filling in the yes. gaps because I'm realizing that my hand gestures are not coming through <laughs> over 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 audio. Yeah. Um, we could do a video component of this. I got my whole like Twitch capture card stuff set up. So maybe we will one of these in the days. future. In the future, we'll or we'll just do this and play a video game or something, <laughs> or breaking out WWF No Mercy. Oh, or some or some Mario Kart, some old fashioned. Oh Mario God, Kart. I I uh, uh, kind of cheated Mario Kart, <laughs> so gotten a little over competitive at that, but. I don't know what it is. I'm terrible at it. Now. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's Mario Kart. It's just something about Mario Kart. Uh, Depends on which Mario Kart, though. That is true. I I stick with 64 because that's what I've played the most. But uh, yeah, but that's the only bit of Cal news, like yeah. real news, to talk about. I mean, other than baseball and basketball, but we'll get to those in a minute. But yeah. for now, we're how going. Should, how should we do this? Should we should we talk here, about? I have an idea. So we're going to introduce a new segment that we're going to do from time to time because I just kind of thought about it earlier today. And it, we're and we have nothing to talk about during the yeah. Off there season. really isn't that much unless we want to start covering all the sports. Which, I think we'll, when we get to spring ball, we'll have a lot to talk about, but that's yeah. still another two weeks away. So. Yeah. So what we have now is the Cal What If timeline of misery. <laughs> What if miserable moments turned into successes? We're not going to do anything from like the past two weeks because that wound is too fresh, like the wound in my arm right now. So it's a very bad wound. It's a gash. It it just stings a bit. I put some neosporin on it and I'm fine. But we're going to play the what if game. So do you want to give yours first or should I? 
because I have a few written down here. Well, I'm going to go with my my personal, just because this okay. was my freshman year at Cal. 2007, homecoming weekend. Cal is playing Oregon State. Cal is ranked number two in the country. LSU loses. LSU loses in the first half of the game. The student section goes wild, knowing that if we win this game, by default, we would be the number one team in the country. Led by Kevin Riley, who was replacing Nate Longshore, who had just injured his ankle last week in the upset upset game at Oregon. Which was a barn burner. Oh, dear God. One of the best games I had ever watched on TV. EZF causing the fumble. I I can't get over I was watching it with my grandparents, and I was yelling, he fumbled out of the end zone. Oh, man, I just knocked down the microphone. (laughs) He fumbled out of the end zone. We win. We're going to win. I saw that fumble into the end zone, and I went, wait, so... Wait, what? What does that? How? What does? What is the call now? What does that mean? What does that? What does that mean? Tell me what that means. Because you don't see that that often. No, you see fumble out of the out of the sideline, and it just the ball goes to the team who had it last. Yeah. But the fumble into the end zone, it's like, is it where did you place the ball? Where who would get the ball? And it's it's a touchback. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> and we had the uh, come around of that at the Air Force game when. Uh, it happened. Uh, we knocked a fumble out of the end zone for Air Force, and uh, Mike Bellotti, who was coach of Oregon at the time, yeah. got to announce it. He's probably having some Vietnam flashbacks <laughs> right there. But yes, let us go on with the personal. Um, Cal is down by three in the waning minutes of the game. Thirty-one this, to twenty-eight. Uh, there's about I would I can't remember eleven seconds left. I remember this clear yeah. as day. Eleven seconds on the clock. Last play of the game. Uh, Cal has one timeout left. I think we were out. No, oh, we we were definitely out because they would have called it. Oh, that's right. No, we had just used our final timeout yes. with eleven seconds left. Right around um, May, like the fourteen or fifteen yard line. Yep, yep. Uh, Kevin Riley snaps the ball. I do not remember what the playset was, but I just remember him snapping the ball. He makes his reads down the field, does not see anything. Mm-hmm. Linebackers all drop back into coverage, which gives him about think, uh, ten yards. Ten of space. yards of just easy running space, and I think what he, I think he curls, he uh, he bootlegs left. Mm-hmm. And he sees an opening. That, this is from my perspective from the Tried student to go section. Up the middle, I exactly. Thought. And I think he saw he saw daylight. He saw the end zone for a split second. And he said, I could do it. You see him sprinting. You see him sprinting. He breaks one tackle. He breaks two tackles. He's to, I think, like the five yard line, the four yard line, the three yard line, only to get tackled. At like the two. And you see Tedford go nuts on the sideline. Because the time is running out now. You have no timeouts. You started the the snap at 11 seconds. This is about maybe three seconds, I'd say, at most left in the game. You have no timeouts. um, And he's trying to get Get the the field field goal goal team team. onto the field because that was third down, too. Um, We couldn't, couldn't spike it. Um, so a field goal team's running onto the field, but it's the clock runs enough. out. It's not enough time. They'd made an insane comeback to Hawkins had mm-hmm. the game of his life. And just what happens there if either Riley gets the touchdown or we get or the field goal, get the field goal tied up. Cause we had all the momentum going into overtime there. Then we had one hell of a kicker too. Yeah. No, we uh, that was the year where we didn't have a kicker. Oh, that's right. That, that oh, was uh, oh, yes, that's right. That is that correct. Was the Schneider year where yeah, yeah, he yeah, got yeah. injured in like pre pre practice <laughs> before the Tennessee game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had uh, Jordan right. K. Um, I believe 
Ryan Gorsey's buddy there in a God, what's the Jewish fraternity again? I'm forgetting. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, God, the, hold on. Let me look. But yes. Um, so if Kevin Riley had either made the touchdown to end the game, or just for hypothetical sake, let's say he he threw the ball away, we got the field goal team on there, and we made the field goal, we got an overtime, and we happened to win it in overtime. Yeah. Um, it's a pie. That's what it was. Yeah. And we happen to do that. Yeah. How does that season turn out? I think one of the issues of that season was Longshore just kind of came back and he didn't have his mojo anymore and he, could, well, he, he couldn't put of, the same juice on his throats. Yeah, I mean, he, his ankle was, it was, it was yeah, a bum ankle he, the rest of the season. He started throwing off of his back foot. That got him pick-sixed against UCLA. Yep. And then we just were not good the rest of the season. Until the last three quarters of that Air Force game, which Kevin Riley decided to say, "Hey, I might be, I might be the starting quarterback next year." And you know, I'm, I'm the best. Yeah, and I'm going to complete most of my passes. And that was one hell of a performance by Kevin Riley yeah, too. That, that, oh my god, one of the best quarterback performances I've ever seen in person. Yeah, it's freaking cold there though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, see, for that, for me, that's the what if. For me, that's the always will be the biggest what if. Because um, I did not watch a lot of college football coming into Cal. You know, the only college football I ever watched was the, basically the national championship game. I yeah. didn't, you didn't get a lot of... You're not getting that much over there. Yeah, you're so not. Like, no, no. You're getting maybe one game on the Air, uh, the American Forces Network one game a week. So <laughs> that game changes, of course, every single day or every single week. Um, there's no particular league. Um, so... Growing up with that, and then coming here, and you know, just I think my my I already thought like, oh, I'm coming to Cal. We're Pac-12 school. We must be pretty decent. Yeah. And it just so happened that year we started the season off ranked, I think, in the top twenty. Yeah, we started Weird. the season five and zero, oh, and then yeah. it came crashing down and it hurt inside. Yeah, I mean, but the way we started off the season, right? The the Tennessee win. Oh mm-hmm. lord. And then the Louisiana Tech, Tech game with Lo- Hawkins running back the opening kickoff. kickoff. Yeah. And just and just the the momentum, the gains, the the hype, the Memorial Stadium just sold out, everyone cheering. I mean, mm-hmm. I for me it was just this is what college football should be like. This is what yeah. it feels like to be a part of a winning team. But instead, that game kind of precipitated the downfall of the Tedford era. Yep, yep. That, like the week before the, that week leading to the Oregon State game, if you mm-hmm. were to put it on a Tedford coaching at Cal timeline, that was the peak. Yeah. That week leading into the Oregon State game. That was the height. Yeah. And then it fell, and it, it fell hard. hard. Yeah. It was. I mean, we were all right in 08. We won our bowl game that year. We were. Against Miami. We are all right in 2009. Not great, but. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if you look at it, we didn't. It wasn't a sharp downhill. Yeah. But it was just a constant downhill. Like it was just. <laughs> it was just a streamlined slope. It wasn't. We didn't jump off a cliff. At least no. we didn't do that. But it was. It was just a steady, steady decline. And then let's see. Twenty ten was my first year at Cal, and they weren't good. Nope. Kevin Riley got injured, and then Brock. Oh. That was bad. Then 2011, we only beat bad teams, but we still went seven and six. Yep. And then 2012, we were yeah. 2013. Oh. 2013. And then 2014, you come back up, and this year was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. 
But that's a big one. Would Tedford could still be around today. He could be. Also, if you start uh, Riley at the beginning of 08 and he plays well off... Or wait, the only reason he stopped playing in 08 was he got concussed against Oregon, right? Exactly. Yeah. But who knows what would have happened. But can I go to my what-ifs? Please do. Okay, I have two. First one is 2005. Aaron Rodgers sees, oh, no, I'm going to be waiting in the green room for like four hours before he anyone picks He has me. a dream. Yeah, he has. He it's a. He, he's it's, scared. He sees himself sitting in the green room in an alternate universe. Yeah, uh, waiting to be drafted and drafted and drafted, and is the last one drafted in the first, or basically the last one, last quarterback, or basically the last person in the green room to leave the green room. Yeah, he's, that's what he sees. I mean, they actually chose a quarterback right after him. Too, yeah, so. that's right. But he decides. You know what? I'm going to come back to Cal. We have a really good wide receiver coming in next year. His name's Sean Jackson. I want to throw to him. I want to be the best quarterback. I want to be drafted number one overall next year. And even though I think I'm better than Alex Smith and his tiny hands, I'm going to come back for my senior year. And how well does that team do with an actual quarterback? Because they went 8-5 and five with substandard quarterback play. All apologies to... Uh, Paper airplane champion Joe Ayub, but he was not great on that team. Mm-mm. He, uh, he, this is a bit of a dark joke, but my great grandfather passed away at the age of 95 the day after the Oregon game. That Oregon game was lost in overtime. On a fourth down, Ayub has a wide open tight end, throws it a good 10 feet over the guy's head. So I like to say that Joe Ayub killed my great grandfather. <laughs> but you, if if Rodgers decided to come back, and yeah. let's say he has a stellar year, and then he is in the NFL draft in two thousand and six, that could have that could have sent uh, this the NFL into a crazy different universe too, because that's the draft where Houston decides to take Mario Williams number one overall, mm-hmm. New Orleans takes Reggie Bush number two, the Titans take Vince Young at three. Mm-hmm. If that's the if Rodgers was in this draft. Then does Houston take Mario? Say Houston still takes Mario Williams, Williams. but New Orleans decides, you know what, Drew Brees, he's all right, but we want to start working in our quarterback of the future. Right. That may Drew Brees gets traded in a couple years to say. um, Back to San Diego. Or maybe to Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one would work too. He's the replacement for Hasselbeck up there. Yeah. And then they start to get good earlier. And may they don't hire Pete Carroll. And then maybe Pete Carroll goes to, like, the Raiders or something. Or Pete Carroll actually gets suspended and all that at USC. USC gets sanctioned, and he gets blacklisted. And he gets a show-cause penalty. But then... A lot of... Anything could have happened in this one. I mean... Yeah. The speculation game is fun. Yeah, this is... uh, But the team that year had two excellent running backs who I think... Made production-wise, they couldn't match J.J. Arrington, mm-hmm. but in skill and what they turned out to be in the NFL, I think they're two of the best Cal running backs of all time, and Marshawn Lynch and uh, Justin Forsett had a tremendous third in Marcus O'Keefe that year, too. Oh, yeah. He put up a 100-yard game against Washington when both of them were injured. Mm-hmm. And then you have a very talented defense. I remember they shut out both the Arizona schools that year. Yeah. 
And you, so you have a good defense. You have Desmond Bishop anchoring with your linebackers. Uh, Mickey Pimentel was my favorite of that core. And you have a great receiver core now. You have Deshaun. You have Robert Jordan. You have Lavelle Hawkins, all in their first year. Yep. The veteran quarterback. You have good running backs. You have a great offensive line. And an offensive line that's going to be good for a long time, too. Yeah. And you have a, and you have a solid defense. I can take you where you want to go. The big one, the big losses that year were Oregon. They got smacked down by USC when Abe couldn't just got demoralized and they brought in Steve Levy. Steve Levy still one of my favorite Golden Bears. I will say that. Yeah. Love the man. Big game hero. But you win the big game by so much more than that. Uh, I'd have to look at the 2005 schedule, but I think they could have gone to a Rose Bowl if Aaron Rodgers had stayed around. Uh, Let me look that up here quickly. I'm very yeah. curious now. 2005. I mean, the the turnaround and what could have happened if, let's say, we had won the Rose Bowl in 2005. Let's say we it the it just stayed the course, and in 07, at the very least, I mean, if we had won out, right, or at least stayed competitive, I mean, one of the top. BCS games was in the cards for us. I mean, it, w- it might have been even greater than a Rose Bowl at that mm-hmm. point. Granted, a Rose Bowl is what we would have wanted, but, I mean, who's going to pass up a chance to play, you know, in the Fiesta Bowl or in the Orange Bowl, right? So um, if we had done that or, you know, I'm not even asking for us winning a national championship, but maybe playing in the national championship game. Yeah. And here's the thing about the 2005 schedule. We started out 5-0. We're gangbusters. We played real well, but our first loss was to UCLA, and I think uh, Maurice Jones-Drew's greatest game ever. Mm-hmm. He was Maurice Drew at the time. He didn't add the Jones until he got to the NFL. Then they lost to Oregon State, and uh, I think it was Yevonson Bernard who was the running back was there that, at the time. Was that also Mercedes Lewis as well? Uh, yeah, Mercedes that? Lewis was at UCLA. They were both yeah, great they were players. Amazing. But you still only lose by seven there. Then they beat Washington State, but then go up to USC, or you go up to Oregon, you lose in overtime. You have USC, you get beaten down. But you still win eight games. But you can, yeah, you've had four interceptions against USC. But if you have Aaron Rodgers, yeah. they're behind a very good offensive line. I think you only lose one game and you go to the Rose Bowl. What could have been? What could have been? You have one. You have one more. I do have one more, but I I don't think it would have done too much in the span of things, except Long stop trip. me to stop me from complaining about it. But uh, I believe it was two thousand eight with uh, Josh Ship. Yep. At UCLA Cal in the uh, Pac twelve tournament or Pac ten tournament, as it was known then. Yep. First, Ryan Anderson gets fouled and no call. The ball's off him. They yep. give it to UCLA. Secondly, Josh Ship makes a shot over the backboard, which should be disallowed. But it's allowed since it's UCLA, and they bring the conference more money when they don't lose. So, yeah. It's also because, in my opinion, I mean, I'm just playing the conspiracy theory here, but that UCLA team, that was a stacked team. Yeah. And they had Collison. Collison, Westbrook, Kevin Love. Holiday, Holiday I think. Holiday, yeah. The yeah. first one. Yeah. Drew. Yeah. Um, was, was I think, one of the younger ones, like one of the freshmen on, the, yeah. on that squad. Um, along with... Um, Oh, jeez. Was Mbamute there? Yes, Mbamute was on that squad. And that big 
ugly looking guy who's never whose name I can't remember. The big the big white center. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. He played there for four years. God, I hated him. Yeah. I hated um, all of them. Yeah. I still hate them. I mean, Holland recruited the hell out of that UCLA yeah. team. Dear Lord. And, uh, I hated him too. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if I were to add one more, what if? I would probably add it to last season's basketball team. Mm-hmm. What if we convinced Jakob to come? Oh. What if? Will we have Rab? Or no, we'd have Rab. We'd have Rab. We'd have him starting at the center. And we'd yeah. have Rab starting naturally at the four. Yeah, and just dominate everyone oh. inside with two bigs who are <sighs> excellent. Wow, that would... Oh, man, that for, makes me feel so bad. Uh, for the for the Cal fans that don't know, Mike Montgomery actually recruited Jakob uh, Pertle to Cal. Um, and... Apparently, we were the the leaders. Um, yeah, we were the front runners. We were the front runners. He wanted to come here and play. Montgomery retires. I don't think there was a pretty long gap between Mike Montgomery retiring and then Sandy Barber hiring Conzo. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think in that in that little gap, I think Sandy was on her way out too. Yeah, so it didn't yeah. help. Yeah, so it was one of those situations where he didn't know what was happening here. Mm-hmm. I'm granted if that transition went a little smoother. And Montgomery was able to hand off the keys to maybe getting Jakob Pertle here yeah. to Conzo a little bit earlier. Maybe it happened. But Christovia worked his magic. Utah was the sec- uh, the runner-up when we were recruiting him anyways. And he just lured him to, Utah, yeah. to Salt Lake City. So. And good work, Larry Kristoviak. He's done a great job. Oh, he's done an amazing job developing big men. And, yeah. and just uh, he's a front-court development master. Yeah. I mean, Montgomery was lauded as that too, but... It didn't happen with us, to no. be honest. But. No, no. Jamal Boykin and, and Jordan Wilkes did not become the next Jakob Pertles, or the, the pre-Jakob Pertles. They didn't even become the next Lopez twins. No, they didn't. Or the uh, Collins twins. <laughs> or the... Were they better than... Do you think they were better than the Ware twins? Uh, most people were better than the Ware twins. <laughs> I, I think I'm better than the Ware twins. Uh, we'll play this. We'll play this. What it came uh, again very yeah, shortly. Just so if you want, send us in some what ifs. What ifs are fun. Yeah. And we'll speculate for you. We will. We will speculate. Um, we will yeah. try very, very hard. Yeah. But there was. Have you seen this article? On, I think it was on Grantland um, before it got shut down. Um, but it was an article about, or maybe this was on SB Nation. It was the article about Rogers, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was like an alternate timeline universe where if uh, Tom Brady went to Cal, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers uh, was was the third child in the Manning family. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there was one more there was one more aspect to that game or to that to that story. But it played it out all the way to like their NFL career and everything. Uh, it's actually a hilarious article. I'll have to look that one uh, up. Yeah, look that one up. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, for for people that don't know too, Tom Brady was considering coming here. I mean, he's yeah. the local kid uh, in uh, I think Los Gatos is where uh, he's from. Uh, Sarah High School, so yeah, somewhere down somewhere there. Somewhere down there, Saratoga or Los Gatos, somewhere right around there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was considering us, and then uh, I think it was Daily City, actually. Maybe. Wow. Okay. Daily City, it is then. Let me look uh, that up. But uh, yeah, it's a great article. If you have the time to look it up, please look it up. Uh, it, I had a great laugh reading through that. And the funnier thing is that they actually kind of uh, photoshopped some photos. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> you can just imagine. Rogers with a massive forehead. <laughs> uh, San Mateo, that's San what it Mateo, was. San Mateo, that's all right, all right. San Mateo, Junipero, sir. Yeah. So we're, we're, we were close. It was somewhere in that area yeah, of the Davie City. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of the place. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you have time to read that, it, it's it's a great play on the whole what if timelines. Yeah. So. And Bill Simmons has a lot of them in his book too. Yeah, which are fun. Um, that that wraps up the the football and the what if mm-hmm. what if line. And since our last one was about basketball, let's move on to some basketball talk. Um, yeah. Tracy Webster, uh, I think he's an associate head coach yes. or an assistant head coach. I think he's an associate head coach. Yes, he's one of the two. Yeah. Um, is in contention for the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee head coach job. Yeah, uh, which would be a good step for, for him. him. Yep. I'd like to not see him go because I, I like the guys, the two guys that we have left right now. Yeah. I'll quantify that. Yeah. But if he wants to make a move, then I'd say make a move because, the, I mean, there's guys that Konzo can get it if he stays around that sucks to talk in these yeah, kind of terms of hey if yeah Ugh. yeah i'm looking at this going if let's say let's another hypothetical game here let's say if coach webster does leave he has to hire two this year mm-hmm. before the season begins you have to you have to hire another great recruiter who would have to replace uh, coach huffnagel um, I think Conzo's a pretty good recruiter on his own. Yeah, but you want two guys. You yeah. want him and another guy. You know, to... one, I'd uh, see if you can get Theo back from yeah. the Warriors. Yeah. See yeah. if you promote him up. Or And if you want to stay young still, why not have a Tarwater still on the bench there? So yeah. maybe you can move him up too. Yeah. Or just move, take one of them. Or you just look towards, hey, who's, who's available coming out of yeah. everything. Yeah, who's coming out of college can't do too much in the pros. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the recruitment of certain schools and say who on that assistant on that assistant staff might want to move out west. Yeah, say who hasn't made it in professional basketball that wants to come back and coach. For exactly, us. exactly. And then, of course, I think if you want to replace Coach Webster, you you have to bring in an X's and O's guy. Yeah, um, that's that's not even a question. Yeah. You, uh, at maybe you bring I mean, back John Montgomery. Maybe that would be that would be a pretty. But then good. again, that's kind of a lateral move for him. Yeah, yeah. Coming from Hawaii, who just got their first win in the NCAA tournament in their I program history. I think they're history. on sanctions now, but yeah. Which we want you, Yankovic. <laughs> Come on to Berkeley. We're nice. We are. We have semi semi weather semi similar weather to Hawaii. Yeah, we actually have cold. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, but that—that's it for basketball. Yeah, no, there's not much. <laughs> that's it for basketball. And then we'll move on to baseball. Yes, uh, Cal, Cal played Oregon State this week. Oregon State is ranked the third best team in the country. We are ranked the twentieth. We are ranked fourteenth, but we dropped a little bit after we lost some games. Yeah, one of those was wrong because we swept them. Yeah, but we sweeped. We won all three games. Um, and now we, we stand took at, out the broom to the beaver. <laughs> we stand at four and two in the pack, four and two in the Pac twelve, fourteen and six on the season. Um, this team is starting to get back. I mean, just when I thought that maybe it might we have, might have a slump in this season, you know, yeah, just because we started off so high. U- yeah. USC games where they lost uh, yeah. two or three. Uh huh. And then having all those road trips to Texas, and you know, just that it just took out a lot. 
I thought maybe maybe it's we'll have a couple of down weeks. But no, we turned right back around and we beat number three Oregon State. Yeah, and beat them bad too. Oh, and look at I mean I I wrote down this stat line, but Cumberland, Brett splits. Cumberland. Oh, three eighty three average, eight seventeen slugging, and seven home runs. Seven home runs and an on base percentage of fifty three point two percent. I let me see. Let me do the quick math. His OPS is one point three four nine. Right now, I think that's pretty good, <laughs> and I mean you're getting on base ha- more than half the time. Like Billy Bean's creaming his pants right now. <laughs> that's safe work, probably. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Cumberland is an excellent player. I'm glad that we have him for another year after this. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he leads the power. The, he leads the team in home runs. He leads the team in in batting average and probably slugging and I, base too. and I didn't even write down here but his fielding his fielding percentage is at 98%. He's a very good catcher. <laughs> so so I if that's what your catcher is hitting you're in a pretty good yeah, spot. Yeah, he's he's raking it right now. He's got the like we had Andrew Knapp in the past who was an excellent catcher, yes. a lot of doubles. Yes. His brother's still on the team. Yes, Aaron Knapp is yep. our center fielder right yep. now. But Cumberland is just a power guy. And power guy while getting on base, too. And not so much on the... I mean, he's probably striking out quite a bit. Yeah. Still, if you're getting on base more than half the time, that's incredible. I, I, I don't know what to say more than this. I mean, it's... I mean, the, the slugging alone... It's eight, a, one, eight one seven. It's a money ball wet dream right there. <laughs> 817 with the OBP of... Five three two. I. Yeah. <laughs> he he's so good that Goose Gossage thinks he's ruining the game right now. Uh, Jonah Hill wants to trade for him right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kevin Cosner doesn't. He wants to trade his first three <laughs> first round picks, <laughs> and then he'll get him back later. All those people in that movie would have been fired right away from the from the, from draft from day. draft day. Yeah, I'm fairly certain all of them would have been fired because. Because okay, this is a side note, but if you if you do the math, right? If you do the math, yeah, he gave up uh, three years worth of second rounders, yeah, for uh, the number two overall pick, um, a kick return guy, yeah, and and the number seven and pick, the, I yeah, believe. and the number seven pick. That's it. Yeah, and all of his first rounders that he had given away. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He got those back. So that's. So three first rounders for a kick returner, a starting middle three linebacker. Rounders, but yeah. 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 And a starting middle linebacker. And I don't know what he did with the other pick. And the punt returner. Yeah. So <laughs> he got the running back, the uh middle linebacker, and the punt returner. Yeah. And he got all of his first round picks back from yeah. when he was being a dumbass. Yeah. So uh, you getting Jennifer Gardner pregnant must have gone to his head. <laughs> I mean, she's a nice-looking lady, but come on. He probably he probably thought for a split second Batman was coming after him. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's probably what it was, right? Exactly. Because Batman has no regard for life. Exactly. That was a bad characterization choice, <laughs> Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, that's that ends it for that. Um, we have nothing more to talk about except no, we, have we have a question from the fans. A question we from need... from a fan, a fan who is the only one to consistently set us. We gotta like send him a bumper sticker or something. We do. We love Nathan. Support the Paracast. <laughs> do you? Uh, we gotta start doing our like NPR membership drive or something. 
We love Nathan. Nathan yeah. is a very avid. I hope he's an avid listener to this, not just sending us questions and not listening us, not listening to this. But um, maybe he just likes adding entertainment value. <laughs> maybe. Um, but he basically asked us a flurry of questions about uh, the NFL draft that's coming up uh, later this. And it's all about golf. Later next month. So let's start um, with the first question. With RG three headed to Cleveland, does this mean that the Browns don't draft golf? Trace. They will draft a quarterback. I'm willing to bet, just because RG three isn't the be all end all. I think he's just a guy that you can say, hey, he's had success in the past. Let's put him out here so we don't get our new guy all effed up immediately. Yeah. So and, but what the, in, in your case, right? Just because the, I don't think they draft golf. I think they right. go with Wentz because for some reason everyone's got the the uh, the label of project versus NFL ready. Yeah, right. And I don't think you draft an NFL ready quarterback and sit him. Yeah, I I think Wentz is. I mean, he's considered NFL ready too. Is so. he? Yeah, he's, well, he's more of a project than Goff is. Yeah, like he's less of a finished project, but he's got everything right with him. He throws the ball well. They he's got the physical tools. Yeah, they uh, both they came out with the Wonderlick results today, and both him and Goff had like top of the pops results. I mean, he. he I mean, everyone's saying he's the second coming of Ben Roethlisberger. So. Yeah, which teams don't want to miss out on that, except for hopefully they avoid the whole bathroom allegations and the uh, motorcycle accident. But yeah, other than that, yeah, I. I don't see the Browns taking him, taking Goff, just because one every they're good on Wentz because he played in a cold weather city. He has bigger hands and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, if they take Goff, cool, more power to him. But RG three playing there does not prevent Jared from making an impact. And I honestly, I think Jared's better at this stage than RG three is. Uh, RG3 got kind of worn down in Washington thanks to some boneheaded decisions. So, and some terrible turf. Oh, yeah. Uh, second part, and and uh, on that note, too, for RG3, he had no weapons. No. Dear God, he had no help um, anywhere. Is Pierre, Alfred, Pierre Garcon is not a weapon? Uh, no, not in my opinion. I mean, he's a great fantasy wide receiver. Good old is, Pierre boy. But is he a number one? Like, no. do you, you need more help as you no. need a better tight end i'd say just because tight ends are a quarterback safety yeah. net i mean and that's why it helped kirk cousins when jordan reed just burst onto the yeah. scene and it helped it helped it helped towards the later years at rg3 in washington but a lot of kirk cousins this year as well was alfred morris just a solid running back Granted, he's now in, in Dallas. Yeah, um, but where he's gonna he's gonna do so well there. Uh, I think he's gonna be great. It's a power run game with a power running back that just adds to yards. It's a and one yards. one cut system. It works perfectly yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, I I don't think he got the help. But does that mean he has the help when if he goes to the Browns? Yeah. I mean Josh Gordon, yes, but that's a question. That's still a question. Uh, mark. Gary Barnridge is okay, very yes, good is right a very now. Good tight end. I think the Browns would have to draft some wide receiver talent. And yeah. I mean, there's tons of Cal guys in the draft that are talented that they could take. Yeah. And I, I, mean, they lost, I could see them taking at least one of them. I mean, they, they lost Travis Benjamin to my Chargers. Yeah. Um, so they're really short in terms of wide receivers. I could see them taking Drex or Lawler. Yeah. Just one of the two. Both those guys are extremely talented. I could see them taking Davis and just running screens or just yeah. having him just heave balls downfield. Yeah. Uh, just I mean, Wentz has the arm strength, too, so that would be an intriguing thing for him. Yeah. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but the second part of that question is, would Goff even want to be drafted by the Browns since Mack and Schwartz have both left? So the Browns... To be honest, at this point, uh, the NFL is more of a business than college. College loyalties aren't going to be anything. Yep. It would have been cool if he could have played with them, but it I don't think it would have been a be-all, end-all. No, and, you know... You if can't you, make it be a be-all, end-all either. If you look at it from the Browns' perspective, I mean, it was just a good business decision. With, with Mac coming off an injury, he's 30. You probably don't want to lock in a crap ton of money with yeah. a 30-year-old center. He got a great deal in Atlanta, and yeah. he's probably going to be playing for wins right now yeah. rather than be playing for you know a rebuilding team. And uh, Mitchell, I uh, believe Jaguars? Uh, no? Chiefs. The Chiefs. Right. That's a great situation for him. Yeah. I mean, that, that, team's, that team's contending every year. Yeah, uh, he'll, the last he'll be years. a right tackle. They'll be first or second in the West this year, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, I mean... Does he want? Does he even want to be drafted by the Browns? He doesn't have a choice to be yeah. realistic. Um, My thought is he still flubbed the interview there, so he could go somewhere <laughs> else. But conspiracy aside, yeah, you can't really decide those sort of things. All right, the next part of this question, or this this, uh, I don't know how many questions this are, but this next one: If Kaepernick remains with the 49ers, do they still draft Goff? Yes. Your take? Yes. I think the ship has kind of sailed on Kaepernick. Yeah. Just too many. It's like a bad relationship. Somebody's cheated and there's too many holes to try and forgive. It's not a problem with the relationship between Chip Kelly and Kaepernick. In terms of skill set, Kaepernick is exactly the type of quarterback Chip Kelly would want in his yeah. system. I think he It's just, a front office thing in my it's opinion. It's a front office thing. Kaepernick just wants to get out of there, which I don't blame him for that. Yeah. They've kind of mishandled him and he they he played badly last year, to be honest. But. I mean, they didn't just mishandle him, but the, the whole Harbaugh thing, as much as I do not like Harbaugh, he was the perfect fit for that team and that coach or those players. Yeah. Um, and it just it imploded as soon as they fired him. Yeah, it, it was kind of the opposite of the Mark Jackson and the Warriors situation, to be honest. Yeah. Where I thought... I thought at the beginning that maybe, oh, Harbaugh is a little like, it's going to be like the Mark Jackson situation. It's going to get better. But, you know, you have to have competent front office management for that to happen. And the 49ers do not. They have King Jedfrey there. And he's not. He puts the in in incompetent. Or he just puts the incompetent in the incompetent. He doesn't even need to put it in. He just is incompetent. Um, and not that I think I could do better, but <laughs> Nathan puts a little asterisk to this, that question. He goes, I still have nightmares of Kaepernick in a Nevada uniform, destroying our defense. When will these nightmares end? Never. Never. St- we still both have them. <laughs> I don't ever want to remember that game. I don't ever. And now he brought it back. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> I blame Keith Browner for that one. That guy couldn't read the damn option for the life of him. I, that that game. I will I, say that in <laughs> NCAA football, I run a pistol offense because of Kaepernick in that game, <laughs> and you shred defenses with the option. Oh, all right. On to the next one. Quarterback Jim Beam has been the Heisman because <laughs> you can create your recruits, and I just I most of them are alcohol, like Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Jameson. Doesn't have a last name. <laughs> He, he's like Cher. Just the, that's his name. Or Shakira. Yeah. 
All right, Sports Illustrated projected the Rams drafting Goff uh, after a trade with the Ravens, and the Ravens sit at six. Yeah, Rams so, are at about 13, or 13, I think. How likely is this to happen? Um, I could see it happening just because the Rams have Case Keenum as their starting quarterback right now. <laughs> and I'll be the first to tell you that's kind of dumb. Yeah. So I could see them moving up. And you have Goff and Todd Gurley. You have Tavon Austin out there. And you get one more wide out yeah. that's a possession receiver. Which you can get in the later rounds, too. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. pick up one of the Cal guys. And I think, in my opinion, you don't get a pass-catching tight end. You get a blocking tight end yeah. to, to help that out. That offense becomes kind Highly of scary. Effective. Yeah, and kind of scary. With a very effective defense, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Granted, they cut a lot of their defensive players. Yeah. Laurinaitis is now gone. Long now gone. But they weren't the guys that were making the biggest impact. That is true. Like, I mean, Robert Quinn was... Quinn and uh, who they got up the middle, the Pittsburgh defensive tackle, whose name I cannot remember right now. Yeah, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Oh, man. That's, uh, Aaron Donald. Oh, that's right. Aaron Donald. Um, yeah, those two guys are the guys that make the most noise yeah, on that so line. So if Goff goes there, it could happen. I could see it happening. Uh-huh. You, He would be a good fit there, yeah. even though Jeff Fisher does not know how to do anything except go 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> Well, he was 7-9 and nine last year. He knows how to do that pretty yeah. well, too. And personally, I just want to see Goff go anywhere that has already an established run game. Yeah. I think that helps out any rookie quarterback yeah. the easiest. You start running play actions off of your run game mm-hmm. just to get him settled in, get him throwing in rhythm first. I think you could do that with the Niners. I don't think you could do that with the Browns. Yeah. I don't know who plays running back for the Browns. Does anyone even know? I, I know that Carlos Hyde is a very good running back for the Niners, mm-hmm. so I'd trust that situation more than I'd trust the Browns situation. The Browns? The Browns have— They do have a better coaching staff, though, in Cleveland, I believe. So. Yes. Yes, I mean, but I mean, Chip Kelly did pretty well in that first season with the Eagles, uh-huh. and then he did that fire sale, and that did not help him at all. Yeah, no, Chip the GM screwed uh, Chip the coach. It's kind of like the situation with the Clippers right now, how Doc Rivers the GM is kind of shortchanged Doc the coach. Yeah, yeah, Doc, your your team was good because you had Danny Ainge, and it's not because you have Austin Rivers now. <laughs> no, here comes Austin Rivers. No, no, no. I mean, that Lance Stevenson deal did not pan out. Whatsoever. Nope. I granted, he's I, playing better in Memphis now. Yeah, I know. I, I like the Jeff Green trade for, yeah. but I mean that's, that's besides the point. You gotta be born ready. Um, and then he asks another. The last question. He says, um, "Could you guys please discuss the pros and cons for Goff of each team wanting to draft him?" I think we could do this. This one. This one sounds yeah. pretty interesting. So we'll start with the Browns. Okay, Browns. You have a quarterback. Really good head coach who's great with quarterbacks and Hugh Jackson. You have a great, great offense coordinator great. and quarterback coach in Pep Hamilton who yeah. developed Andrew Luck at Stanford. At Stanford and, and a little bit in the pros. Yeah. He had some trouble last year, but that being said, you you have a friendly a quarterback-friendly offense. You have a pretty solid left tackle in Joe Thomas. Yeah. If, I mean, he's very good. He's one of the best. You have, the best. You have a turnover-creating defense. Yes. Uh, with that, with those DBs back there, mm-hmm. um, and a good nose tackle in Danny Shelton. Mm-hmm. So the, you have the makings of a good defense. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll you draft have the, the framework, yeah. but it's not all there. You don't have any real wide receiver weapons unless Josh Gordon decides, hey, pot isn't worth it anymore. Yeah, and then or I need to make the money to go buy pot. Yeah, that's pretty much what so it's you, at right now. You need those weapons on the outside because as a quarterback in the NFL, you're certainly not going to do it on your own. Yep. 
like we've seen that issue with Andrew Luck where he's gotten just nothing around him and he's having to make chicken salad out of chicken you know what. Yeah. Um yeah, I can't. I don't think there's anything more to add to that. Yeah, uh, but we'll see about that one. The next one, the Niners. Niners close to home. Yep. Again, you're playing with a coach that can kind of tailor you to his system, which Goff can do. I would. Ass- I would assume that there's a. He's former- like a Nick Foles 3.0. <laughs> I would also assume there's a there's a former Niners quarterback that lives in the Barrier area who wore the number 19 for that team or the number 16, 16 for he was that 19 team. 19 for the Chiefs. Yeah, but he who wore the number 16 that might you know help him out a little bit yeah. if he were to be drafted by the Niners. Yeah, he'd teach him a few things. Yeah, and I mean he'd have to take a different number, like he'd have to take a 12 or something. Unless. Montana was willing to. No, you don't. You don't do that yeah, with Joe think, Montana. Yeah, that guy's that. a freaking legend. Yeah, but and then the cons: you have again less weapons. You don't have the same kind of offensive line that you'd have in Cleveland. No, and it, just fr- uh, franchise stability would be an issue, in my opinion. You're playing um, on a crappy field too. Oh, terrible field. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing for me would be franchise stability. Is just. Yeah. The turnaround it's, it's is a bit of the same be, thing with Cleveland too. Yeah, but that's more they're a factory of sadness than they're just incompetent, which yeah. I think a lot of the Niners management is. Yeah. Um, okay, and then let's the, go the next one. The, the Cowboys. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? One, this would be in, extremely fun to watch. Sit by, behind Romo for a few weeks until Romo gets hurt with something. Well, he's probably going to break his right collarbone. Yeah, which he's broken twice. Break his femur or something. I hope that doesn't happen. That's okay. As a great owner and franchise stability behind him, like Jerry cares a lot, and he's starting to pull back a little on the GM stuff. So they're getting better. They have a great offensive line. Mm -hmm. They have great receivers. Best tight end, possibly ever. Yeah, made second behind Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, and then you just good running game. The defense has gotten a lot better. I mean, you have a power run game now with Alfred Morris there. That yeah. O-line is still stacked. And you have a a reliable number one wide receiver in Des, Des. Bryant. And you have – you don't even have to worry about the defense because Sean Lee in the middle linebacking and that linebacking core back there yeah. is just going to be good, granted, as long as he doesn't get concussed. Again. Um, and But that's, that's pretty much – that's a – pretty solid looking team yeah but cons is have to sit a bit um just the defense isn't quite as good as you'd hope yeah and i don't know it would be a very good fit and then we have the rams who we discussed a bit just they have weapons all over they have a great defense they just may not have the right kind of coaching Mm -hmm. and i think dallas has Solid coaches, if not great. Mm-hmm. I think and the one, the one Rams are probably low on the totem pole there. Yeah, for me, the Rams though is is uh, is intriguing just because they're moving to LA. It's the first pro team LA has had since since both the Raiders and the Rams moved out. Exactly. There. So he, in terms of football, he becomes the face. Yeah, like him and Todd Gurley would become the face of the NFL in LA. Yeah, and in terms of. I mean, They're calling traffic, so yeah. I mean, granted, he'd have to he'd have to perform to that extent, but in terms of his his branding and him becoming much more than just a football player, I mean, you can't get better than that. 
have a couple of guest spots on something or other. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll have him appear in the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, maybe, maybe he's on uh, uh, Michael and Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't Michael and Kelly in New York though? Is that in New York? Yeah, oh, I, I think that so. Was in, I thought that was in LA. Maybe, maybe, maybe he becomes a stalwart on um, the Jimmy Fallon show. Yeah. Is that in L- That's in L.A. Yeah, that's, yeah, in, that's LA. in L.A. Him and Kimmel are both in L.A. Yeah. Or right. wait, no. Fallon's in New York. Kimmel's Kimmel in L.A. Kimmel is in L.A. Okay, so so he'd be a stalwart on the Kimmel show. Because Kimmel's uh, from Vegas. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he could do that. Yeah, he could become best friends with Jay Leno. He could beat up Conan. Uh-huh. Actually, they're about the same height, so. Because Conan's 6'5". Maybe. surprises a lot of people. Maybe he he stars in the remake of The Longest Yard. Yeah. The remake of the remake. The of remake the of the remake. He is Paul Crew. <laughs> <laughs> the new Paul Crew. You know, Burt Reynolds actually played football at Florida State back in the day. Oh, did he? Yeah. I did not know that. I did not know he actually I think, played football. I think something ended his football career, like a knee injury or something. And that that's a lot of those guys. Like Leroy Jethro Gibbs played for UCLA. The Rock. Yeah. I mean, The Rock got replaced by Warren Sapp <laughs> and then decided, you know what? I can't make the NFL, you know, I'll try this family thing of professional wrestling. And the, sap, boom. the sap guy's pretty good. Yeah, the sap guy's pretty good. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to follow in my dad's footsteps. I'm going to be called Flex, Flex Kavana for a couple of years. <laughs> That's become, right, that was his first name. Then become Rocky, Rocky Maivia after his uh, dad and his grandpa. Then when that doesn't work and they, he gets die, Rocky die chanted at him, then he becomes the rock. And can you smell what he's cooking? Yes, it's mostly fish. I mean, you've seen on hot rocks meals, yeah. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania is this weekend, so wow, is it? Wow, yes, it's uh, already that time of year. Yeah, Rock will be there. Stone Cold will be there. It's a uh, Mick Foley's going to be there. It's Shawn f- Michaels. That's that's old school, and yeah. it's it's a festival. That's just main festival. event is going to be Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker for the control of Monday Night Raw. Wow, that's and a pretty good storyline. Undertaker loses; he has to retire. Please don't lose to Shane McMahon. Please don't lose to Shane. They ha- uh, the Vince made the stipulation that stipulation. So if he loses control, he has no way to enforce it. Nah. So it's basically for company control, and it should be interesting. Looking um, forward to that. Back to this last question from Nathan is uh, just to wrap this segment up. Do you do you have a surprise pick or a pick for a surprise team to trade up for golf? If you were to pick any team, it doesn't matter what they would have to trade. I mean, that's not the point of the question. Yeah. So, say he falls a bit. Yeah. What about Kansas City? That would be fun. Yeah, I could see them maybe just if golf slips to a fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. And the Chiefs decide, you know what? We want to get the guy to back up Alex Smith for a little while, learn from him, and then. I mean, he's not getting any younger, so we might as well start grooming the guy that we're going to replace him with. I mean, I'm thinking uh, if I were to pick the Saints, the yeah. heir apparent to Drew Brees, to Brees in in New Orleans, um, that would be pretty intriguing. I mean, they, I think they golf could replicate some of that success too. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, the big news today is that he's he's uh, working out for the Eagles. The Eagles are at eight, um, and so that would be pretty intriguing as well. They just paid Sam Bradford. They though. did. What the hell's? Th- 
I don't know what I don't know why they're yeah. But I think it's a it's a thing of do you let him slide further? If you're at eight and he gets past the Niners at seven, do you pass up a pretty good a pretty talented quarterback? Yeah. So um I'm looking at the list right now. Um maybe the Dolphins at thirteen. Um I mean Tannehill had a great pretty great season last year, mm-hmm. but the question is, is he the I don't long-term? see the Dolphins taking him. They yeah. like Tannehill there. Yeah. Um the Bills, maybe um, at nineteen. The I Jets. think they're gonna stay with Tyrod and just pick other people. Yeah, I mean at that point. The Jets maybe. The Jets I mean have, granted they just re signed Fitzpatrick, but um I mean long term wise, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I mean, there's only one guy in history who got a higher score in the Wonder Lake than Goff and Wentz did, and that's Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, well, maybe Houston at 22? Yeah, that's been a rumor. Yeah. But they got the Brock Lobster, so they're probably not going to do anything. Yep, and then that's about it. I mean, every single other team has a quarterback. Yeah, like Raiders aren't going to pick one. I don't... The Chargers were rumored for a little bit, but I don't see them doing that. No, I see us taking a defensive end or, or uh, Jalen Ramsey. Bosa or Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Ramsey's real good. I'm, yeah. I'd like him on the Raiders. but yeah. Pairing him with, um, what's it? Uh, I, can't, I can't even remember what our defensive back's name is. Um, but anyways, that'd be pretty intriguing. Uh, I just got followed by Henry's on Twitter. By who? Henry's, the restaurant on uh, Durant. Durant. <laughs> Last time I was there, I've got, I got food poisoning, and I've made no small deal of slagging them. Yeah. But they're they're all right. They're they have the good stuff in the bathroom. So, yeah. like they have the little Stanford things. They, they do. Can pee they on. do. I I I really do actually love that. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm gonna have to never get the chicken wings there, but everything else there is pretty good. So. I just yeah yeah, breakfast is pretty good too. I've never had that there. I should I've, do I've, that at one point. I've had their breakfast only once, and that was because at Calso, um, I stayed at Hotel Durant the mm-hmm. day before Calso uh, started, and then the day after Calso started, just because airplane yeah. airplane wise. Yeah, it made more um, sense. It made sense, and I had breakfast there before Calso started. Mm-hmm. Pretty good breakfast. Mm. Um, but that that that's it for today. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that went quick. That did, so. and we actually talked for more than an hour. Yeah, no, the what if game kind of takes up a lot of time. So. Yeah, yeah, and this Nathan's question was just—it was excellent. It was very excellent. It's so exactly you, what Nathan. we needed. We appreciate so. you. We need to buy time. Yeah. You helped us buy that time. Yeah, no, we need to like throw in some advertisements or something. So if anyone wants to advertise on our show, we offer very low rates. <laughs> we do, and uh, it'll go right in our pockets. But <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Like twenty bucks, we'll say whatever the hell you want. Yes, as long as it's kid friendly. Yeah, as long as it's kid friendly. Um, that wraps it up for us. Yeah, uh, we will be back next week. Yeah, uh, the usual. And I go home and relax right now. I had to yeah. lay down. Yeah, this thing looks gnarly. <laughs> it's getting gnarlier. Yeah, as the time goes, uh, that looks like a skate accident. It does, it but looks... it was just a very sharp stick. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, we'll we'll try to go get that taken care of. Uh, but in the meantime, if you need to get at us, uh, it's cgbbearcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at goldenblogs, at me for at rob11hwang, at trace at... At trace travers 3 And of course, subscribe to us, review us on iTunes. Please review us on iTunes. Yeah. We want more reviews. Give us that bump. Yeah. We, we want to, when you type our name in and you click search on iTunes, we want to be the first thing that pops up. We want to be the one. We want, like Ric Flair, we want to be the man. But to be the man, you have to rate us high. Yeah, so. and review us. Because we can't really beat anyone up no. right now. No, we can't. Because that would be assault, and assault is bad. Assault is bad. Um, but yeah, as and that pretty much wraps it up. If you have any questions or comments or anything, uh, mm-hmm. please let us know. On the Twitter. Yep. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is Bear Territory!